We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello again, listeners. Hopefully my relentless self-promotion about the new How to Chess Chess Improvement Focus podcast has been effective and you guys are already aware of it. But just in case, we're dropping episode two here in the Perpetual Chess feed. You can hear last week's episode one with Grandmaster Eugene Perlstein in the very same place. This week we have Stjepan Tjomic, better known as Hanging Pawns on YouTube, talking about how to choose an opening. But I did want to warn you all, this is the last time How to Chess will be shared on the Perpetual Chess feed. So in the future, if you would like to subscribe to it, you need to do so separately. I'll put the links in the show description. Whatever podcast platform you use, you should be able to find it now. So just search for How to Chess on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and then give us a subscribe. If you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts, it makes a big difference letting people know about this new endeavor. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the How to Chess podcast. I am Ben Johnson. By day, I host the Perpetual Chess podcast. And now by day, I also host this podcast. We are joined by an old friend of mine, Stjepan Tomic. He is known best for the beloved Hanging Pawns YouTube channel. There's lots of great things about his channel, but my two favorite things are his opening overviews and the cool thumbnails that he does. Uh, Stjepan is also a rarity in the professional chess world as he started chess as an adult and has a blitz rating over 2000 and is making a career out of chess through his popular channel. 
But enough intro. Today, what we're going to be talking about is how to choose an opening. Stepin, of course, is renowned for his great overviews of openings. So who better to tell us, uh, give us some guidance? So Stepin, we've got 10 minutes to discuss this. Um, my first question for you is how do we initially choose an opening? Let's get to it. Uh, hi, Ben. Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for the great intro first. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. How do we initially choose an opening? Well, for most club players, I believe your first opening repertoire is what you start playing either by chance or what you see someone else play. So your first repertoire is going to be automatic, I believe. The, the question should be, how do we transition from our initial repertoire to something else? Uh, and I believe that should be done uh, using, well, using trying to guess your style. Look at your games, see which types of positions you enjoy. By that, I don't mean pawn structures or anything like uh, complicated. Just see if you like attacking or if you like defending, and then Google defensive chess openings, attacking chess openings, and you don't have to do much work to find something that you think will suit your style. The important thing, I believe, is once you choose something, stick to it. Whatever the opening may be, it doesn't really matter. All, almost all openings are fine, especially for people on my level and a few FIDE points above my level. Everything's going to work unless it's an insane gambit or something. So try to choose an opening which you think will suit you and then stick to it. That's, that's, my, that's my advice. It doesn't really matter which one. Okay, and what if we feel like we're having trouble figuring out what our style is, yep, and then what would you advise? Well, I think you have to ask yourself, when you take three or four of your games and find the positions where you blundered, you can use an engine for that, or you can try to figure it out by yourself. And in the, the positions you blundered in, see whether you were defending or attacking at the time. I think that's a nice trick to figure out which types of positions you understand poorly. <clears throat> and in my case, it's almost always positions in which I'm the one attacking. So I tend to blunder when I attack. I tend to play well when I defend. That tells me that I should choose closed positions. I choose should choose openings which lead to positional play or strategic play instead of gambiting pawns and going all out for an attack. So I think that's a nice trick to, to, to try and figure that out. Yeah, that's good advice. The answers lie within if you look at your own games. Okay, so once we decide an opening, and again, uh, recently we interviewed Grandmaster Alex Trolovich talking about the importance of uh, learning the classical openings, but let's say you're ready to move on or you're ready to uh, diversify. Once we decide on an open step, and what's next, besides watching your videos, of course? Well, uh, in my opinion, all opening videos and, and most chess books are... Use, useless except for the part where the experienced player tells you his plans or his inter interpretation of the plans in the opening. So I think videos and books should be probably the last thing you do, or it should be the last minute thing you do before a game if you're missing something. I think what you should do once you choose an opening is just take 50 games, go to chessgames.com or go to chessbase or go to leechess, take 50 games in the opening and just go through them. Just go through the moves. You don't have to analyze every move. Look at the positions and try to list at least five or 10 different positions which occur often in, in those games. And then what I did when I, during the COVID year, during the last year, I changed my repertoire about 10, about 10 times. And that's what I did. I would take 50 games, 
take five or 10 thematic positions and try to figure them out. I would try to guess myself where, where, where I'd like my pieces to go, which pawn breaks would I like to go for? Uh, do, am I attacking? Am I defending? Which side of the board am I playing on? What, I'm, what am I afraid of? What's my opponent going to do? Once you try to do that for yourself, see what the players actually did. And if you like what you see, if you like what you understood, then, then, then go further. I think that's the most important thing. Try to look at games and figure out what should be done in any given position. So videos and books should be just supplementary at best. Yeah, first of all, we should say a pawn break, of course, is when you push a pawn in order to open file a file. Usually the pawns would be locked when that happens in step. And I really, and across your material, I like the emphasis on learning to think for yourself. Um, that's something, you know, obviously I love chessable. The space repetition is really helpful when it's time to uh, try to remember opening lines, but that's not all there is to chess and certainly not all there is to openings. And then, well, step, I mean so go ahead. No, sorry for interrupting you. What I meant to say is once you do what I think should be done first, books and, and videos are an excellent way to improve your opening repertoire. Once you get to a certain level in your opening, you need to memorize moves. You need to go through the lines. Some openings, depending on what you choose, you have to go 25 moves deep. So chessable is great for that. Books are great for that. But that's not a good way to start. That's just going to confuse you and you're going to feel discouraged and quit. Okay. And and how do we judge if our opening is working? I mean, obviously we could just look at the results, but we're all flawed humans. Sometimes the opening position might be fine, but we blunder later. So yeah. what what is what is the report card for for the openings that we end up choosing? Well, okay, I've I've just finished the tournament after a year and played six games. All six games I was better out of the opening. I lost two of them through one. So you can pretty easily figure out whether you did well in the opening. That's not hard to do. You can just compare it with the book, compare it with Grandmaster games, and then you use the engine at about move 15 or 20 to figure it out. But the way to, to, to figure out whether your repertoire is working for you, I think you should ask yourself only one question. Am I happy playing these positions? I mean, there's one example. I, I play the Karp of Karo Khan. That's knight d7 in the main line of the Karo Khan. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I, I know the theory about 25 moves deep. Wow. And they reached the position 25 moves deep about 10 times against strong opponents, not in tournament play, but in training classical games. And number one, I didn't know what to do. Number two, I felt uncomfortable. And even, even though I knew it pretty well, I, I did badly. I don't feel happy playing that, so I have to change that. So that's, it doesn't Man. matter if you know it or not, if you're not happy. Uh, 25 moves of theory down the drain, Stepan. Um, that, that's amazing. And that makes me wonder, and of course, you're an interesting person to ask, because again, your, your opening video intros are legendary for Cub players. They just uh, provide so much distilled information. So they're super helpful, but that puts you in the unusual position of spending a lot of time on openings, uh, partially in order to make your videos. But for the average club player just working to get better, how much time do you think they should spend on openings as opposed to all the other aspects of the game that also need work? Well, contrary to what most good players say, uh, I'm, I'm going to share my opinion, which I, I honestly believe is, is correct. You should spend a lot of time on your repertoire at first. And during the first few months when you start studying it, every game you play, you need to analyze and dissect like a madman until you figure out what you did wrong in the opening. But after a while, you can just stop doing that. The Karokan and the Semislav have been my repertoire for four and a half years, and I don't have to do that anymore. 
I, I've played 23, 2400 players in those openings. I never do badly. So that stops after a while. But at start, I believe you have to invest a lot of time in your repertoire because it, if you get good positions, you will have a chance to play well. If you don't get good positions, then that's just worthless. So invest a lot of time at start. And I don't mean memorize lines. I mean, analyze games in those openings. Again, take if you have time, take a game in the Karokan. If you play the Karokan, go over the game. That's way more useful than doing tactical training and positional training and then game training all separately because you're doing all of those. Yeah, that that makes sense. And and again, I like your emphasis on um, on analyzing games. Now, you mentioned earlier, Stepan, that there might be a couple openings that are just bad. So we're we're almost out on time, but maybe you could fire a few shots at a few openings that you think people shouldn't learn. Are there any that you just say, okay, play what you like, play what you enjoy, but it's a bit too much. Maybe, you know, maybe don't play the orangutan or something like that. What do you think? I mean, most openings that give up a pawn for no compensation, I'd say are bad, like the elephant gambit, the Latvian gambit, and the family, like that family of, of openings. And then the other openings, which I think people shouldn't play when they start, are really, really hard hyper-modern openings, which are great if you're experienced. But if you play the Pirates or the King's Indian or the Modern when you start out, you'll likely get busted pretty quickly in most of your games against experienced players. So I think you should choose openings that are easier to play than other openings. That doesn't only include completely unsound openings. But yeah, the modern super, super engines like Space, you know, Alpha Zero preferred double king pawn and often played the Nimzo Indian. And even at the elite level, you don't see those openings that give up space, as yeah. Stepan refers to, like uh, hypermodern type openings. So, Stepan, this has been amazing. I knew it would be because you just have so much opening knowledge. So, thank you for popping in on How to Chess and sharing your opening expertise. Listeners, if you want an overview on his opening, you, you wouldn't be. Uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to check out Hanging Pawns. Thanks, Jeppen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. And we are back with my three main takeaways from Chess YouTube star Hanging Pawns. Number one, I really like what Stepan has to say about thinking for yourself. In this age of information, it is so easy to just by rote learn the opening lines. You know, I have little kids at home. I have a lot going on. So sometimes I'm reviewing my lines on my phone and it's easy to be mindless about it, but it's important to be mindful and to learn to think for yourself. That's something that struck me a lot in Stepan's content. Of course, we want to lean on the wisdom of grandmasters and engines, but you want to learn to think for yourself because it's only you at the board when you go out to play a tournament. Um, number two, do devote time when you're learning an opening. I have to admit, this is something where my thinking has evolved a bit. I used to be one of those people saying, you know, club players spend too much time on openings. You need to, to do lots of tactics. And while that's true, it really can be helpful to know the typical plans that helps you manage your time in the game. And it also just introduces you to typical plans so that even in different positions, as Stepan mentioned, pawn breaks, you have some sort of um, foundation to lean on for finding a plan, which of course is often a challenge as the opening turns into the middle game. And number three, pick an opening that makes you happy. Uh, that can be a good gauge 
for, for whether what you're doing is something you should stick with or not. It doesn't need to be some super analytical decision. Just rely on your instincts. And, and you know, this is a hobby for most of us. So if it's bringing you joy, stick with it. If not, it's on to the next opening. So thanks again to, to Stepan for sharing his insights. And we will catch you on the next episode of How to Chess. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.